Welcome to the Calvary Young Adults Podcast. We exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. Here's today's sermon. Um, tonight, I think, is one of the most powerful nights of every year in YA. Every year, this testimony night is one of the most moving and powerful nights. For those of you who don't know Jesus, if you don't know him in that way and you don't know what I'm talking about, I believe tonight is it's meaningful and purposeful that you're here. The Lord brought you here on purpose. Um, and you're here amongst these people, not because tonight you're going to walk out and you're like, oh my gosh, everything is totally different. Maybe that will happen, but maybe not. Wh- whatever happens, I want you to know that um, as, as the Apostle Paul said, I, I wish you were as I am. I, I want you to know Jesus the way I do. I want you to know him even better than I do. I want you to have all the joy, all the peace, all the good that comes from knowing him. And I pray that tonight you get a glimpse of that. I also want to say that for myself, for Michael, for everyone else who comes up here, if there's anything in us that you can critique, anything in us that you say that is not of God, I will say, yes, there are things in me that are not of him. And those are mine. Those are of me, not of him. But if there's anything in me, if there's anything in Michael, if any, anything in any of the people who come up here and testify about what God has done in their life, that is good. That's from him. That came from him and originated in him and is reason to glorify him and praise him. And so I want to read something that Jesus said in Matthew to a gathering of his disciples. And he said in Matthew 5, you, this is for those who follow him, who know him as king, you You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So basically, right, like if Michael's microphone is a candle, we're not going to, like, do this, right? Why would we light it and then put a hat on it? No, you, you take the hat off. You don't cover it. You actually raise it higher. You put it in a place of prominence so that that light, that glory can shine. He continues. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I just want to encourage you guys in a way that I've been encouraged. Um, for a long time, I looked at this verse, and I really kept seeing the they may see your good deeds. And I just really, that was all that stood out to me. Like, oh, I need others to see me, the good in me. They need to see Christ's good in me. And I need to be all that he should be or all that I should be. That's what I mean. Um, so others may see him. And really, that was so about me. But the reality is that it's so they may glorify your father in heaven. So tonight, as people come up, as you come up and share Remember as you testify and remember as you listen to those who testify, this isn't about them. Whatever they share, whatever is shared, it's about the glory of God. It's about what God is doing in our lives. And so remember and and let your heart be in that position as you testify. Remember, this is the Lord's story and it's his glory. And it's so beautiful. It's so good. Yeah, and as as we get ready 
to just start to testify and share of God's faithfulness and his goodness in our lives. Uh, in Revelation 10, 12, it talks about like Revelation's all about like end time stuff, right? About the end of things. And it talks about when the enemy, Satan, is defeated, that uh, we overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb, which we talk about all the time, right? About like Jesus's death on the cross. But then it says by the words of our testimony, that we get to actually partner with Jesus and testifying about what the blood of the lamb has done in our lives. And at the end of all things, like that's the thing that throws the enemy down and defeats him. And I can't help but think that if the word of our testimony helps defeat the enemy at the end, that the word of our testimony helps defeat the enemy now. Like that the word of our testimony in community is what helps us overcome the things that we're facing. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Uh, if you share tonight speaking something out loud, uh, testifying to what God's done in your life, this is an act uh, of, of warfare against the enemy and overcoming the things uh, that have come up against you in partnership with Jesus and the blood in your life. And so uh, I think that's really cool, and I think that's a really big deal. And, um, and, and I think one more thing that I just want to encourage us all. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Hey, does anybody in here journal? Anybody in here a journaler? I'm a journaler. Does anybody resonate with the fact that like when you write something down in a journal, it kind of has more substance than if it just stayed in your head? Can we all agree that we have like the word of God that we all rely on and the people who came before us decided to write some things down that were not just living off of an oral tradition, but they decided to like mark something in a space and time and pass it on. That's part of what happens with testimony, even though we're not writing it down, we're speaking it out in community and it holds more substance and weight and value in our lives actually, because it gets marked in community out loud in public. And it's like, I'm putting this out loud for every everybody to see, to be encouraged by. But then as we walk together going forward, you know that God did something big in my life and you can ask me about that. You know that God did something, I turned a corner in my life and you can like walk with me in that corner that I've turned. There's something so beautiful about testimony and community in that sense. So I just wanted to, to follow up with what Brian said and just bring more textures and tones to this idea of testimony. And then I want to give you a couple of really practical things. Can I give you a couple of really practical things? Because we're about to put microphones up here in a room and people are going to public speak. That's crazy, right? Like that's like the number one fear of most people in here is like getting in front, getting on a mic and talking, right? So a couple of really practical tips. And if you don't like follow these practical tips, I need you to know this is such a safe space and you're not, like Brian said, like you're not getting judged for your skills in speaking in here, okay? Like this is not a performance in any way, shape or form. Um, but a couple of tips to help you out, like when it comes to testimony, if you're thinking about sharing, just like the three bullet points that you could think of that would like help you organize your thoughts or like where I was, like what was happening, like where I was, what God did and where I am now. Those are like really simple buckets to think through where I was, what God did and where I am now. And that's helpful to think through as you like organize your thoughts a little bit. And then, because there's a lot of us in here, and I need to stop talking because uh, I want you to talk, um, there's a lot of us in here. I would love it if we could keep um, our shares to like one to three minutes because there might be a lot of people who want to share. 
Um, we used to say in my old church, like, we want tweets and not blogs, okay? So, like, a little bit shorter communication, not, like, super in-depth, very long communication, but also, again, this isn't a performance, so I don't want to, like, put that on you that you have to be perfect in your sharing. I'm just trying to create good space here so that we can all share uh, the testimonies of God's faithfulness uh, in our lives. So what we're going to do is we're going to put these mics up here, and then we're just going to start sharing. And, oh, the last thing last thing. Um, I've seen some of y'all like talk about sports or get excited about sports or get excited about like an artist or a musician. And I can only imagine when you're watching your favorite team or you go to your favorite concert, like you're losing your mind in excitement over what's happening in front of you, right? Can anybody testify that they clap loudly over something in their life? Or are you just like the most subdued person in the world that never gets excited about anything? Okay, so um, I think we do, I think I don't know what it is, but I think we do a disservice in church spaces because I think we feel like we need to be polite or we feel like we need to be subdued. And like, we're talking about the faithfulness of God in somebody's life. We're talking about what God's done in something that's so much bigger than like what your team did on Saturday or Sunday. It's so much bigger than that concert you went to. And so like as a community, what I want us to do when somebody's done sharing is I want us to clap for them. And I want us to clap for them loudly because they got up in front of all of us and told us what's going on in their life. And that's something worthy of being celebrated. Does that sound good? Can we practice it right now? We can clap. Great. Awesome. Great. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this is like the weird, I'm going to use prayer as a transition moment. It's weird, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to pray over this space and it'll like cut us from me and Brian talking to setting you all up, uh, to share. So I'm just going to do that right now. God, I thank you for each person in this room. Um, I thank you for your goodness in their stories. I thank you for your faithfulness in their stories. Um, oh, there's so much to be thankful for. There's so much to be encouraged by. So Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Would you do what only you can do, God, through your word, through our stories? God, you've been, your goodness is running after us. May we testify to that goodness tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, guys. Um, I'm shy and... I'm shy, so I want to start off by saying I really, really, really love God, and I'm so appreciative of how he's um, moved in my life over the past few years, but I really want to start off by like 365 days ago. Like this time of year, I'm kind of scattered, but this time of year is always a very big reflective year for me because... Um, next year, or sorry, next month is my rebirthday. January 16th is when I was saved two years ago. And <laughs> so it's always great to like see like, okay, how have I grown over the past 12 months and everything? And I remember talking up here last year and talking about my growth over the last 12 years or 12 months. Um, and the first thing God had that done that made, had moved me in the past 12 years is I realized like people here actually talk. Like I was shocked that you guys like knew each other and like had community, but like I was very moved by hearing other people say how them being here at YA had them establish company or community and everything like that. And so I felt God moving me to like inject myself more because I was realizing 
not talking to people or like communicating in like community or relationship was me preventing other people from like seeing God move through me. Like God moves through his people. And if I'm not moving or speaking with, then I'm preventing people from seeing his goodness. So I was like, okay, I have to get over this whole fear, shy thing that I have going on. And I'm, I'm kind of going with it, so. And um, yeah, so I started to have to really think about it differently. Like rather than kind of like what Pastor Mike, I think, was saying up here, like you're not really showing yourself or like it's not about who I am and putting myself on this pedestal. Like what I am is I am a light but I'm a light by being a reflector. I'm reflecting the light. So I like to think of it as like I'm a reflector on a bike, God's the sun shining at me, and the light that people are seeing through me is not me, but it's God. And I feel like seeing it through that way helped me grow and get more comfortable with speaking through people or speaking to people and um, establishing a community, and I'm very thankful for the community I've established today. Um, I feel like my favorite verse or my favorite um, chapter in the Bible is Proverbs 31 and a verse that sticks out to me is 25 where it says she is clothed in strength and dignity and hearing that and just believing that word, it really makes it very comforting to be able to communicate with others because I have this sense of like righteousness and I don't know, strength that I have going with me when I'm talking to people and communicating with people. And so I'm very happy where I am right now. And I feel like right now where I would say I'm in my faith is I have the tools. I just have to utilize them. I have to share and like also like start taking leadership positions. So that's something I'm looking into doing next year. That's my next milestone I feel like I'm going to do in my um, walk of faith. And yeah, this is an awkward ending, but this is where I'm ending. Hello, <laughs> my name is Josiah. So my journey to freedom began in January of 2023. During this time, God changed the course of my life forever. To introduce myself, I'm a student at California Lutheran University and I've attended this church since I was about 11 years old. To start off, I have faced a series of challenges and experiences in my life that have made me the man that I am today. One of those experiences was moving here from the Antelope Valley back in the year of about 2010, 2011. This was actually, no, this was a Christmas of 2011. So yeah, 2011. As a child, I was raised in Lancaster, California, and the weather where I lived was way more severe than out here since I lived near the desert. 
every day, the temperature was at least above 90 degrees, so it was hot all the time, and the nights would get super cold, super, super cold. I mean, like, what? Negative 10, probably, negative 15, maybe. It, it, it was, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know, <laughs> but it was cold. <laughs> um, aside from the poor weather, though, what was really difficult for me was moving to a new place where I had no friends and I knew absolutely no one at the time. Moving to Simi Valley first before moving here, I was definitely not prepared for attending a new school and meeting new people. If you've seen the movie Inside Out, the main character Riley portrays exactly how I felt at this time. During my time at Catherine Elementary School, I would sit by, so, my, sit by myself at lunch or just shoot hoops by myself because I was afraid to make new friends. It was a scary process for me, but I remember when telling my dad about it, he would say, if you want to make friends, then you must show yourself friendly. Eventually, I, as I got more accustomed to the school, I decided to sit by some kids who became very close friends. These were the very first friends that I made while, living, while moving out here in, uh, to the valley. About a year later, my parents decided to move to Westlake Village. Honestly, although I was actually excited about going to a new school, I had already made a lot of friends at my old school. And I was finally starting to get more comfortable with meeting new people. During my time at Westlake Hills Elementary, my parents introduced me to a new church, which is the very first church, with the very church that we are standing in right now, Calvary Community Church. Here I had the privilege to be welcomed and, been, and to be embraced by so many amazing people, um, just so kind and loving, um, you know, as I came here, you know, knowing no one, you know, I was, you know, just super shy and, uh, but, you know, I feel like, you know, meeting the pastor and um, a lot of people from actually the middle, I think I start. no, I started in an elementary school, so, you know, met people there. And then, you know, went to, then I moved to the middle school ministry, high school ministry. Now I'm here today. So, you know, um, here at YA and um, with co in college, at, I go to um, California Lutheran right now. So, um, let's see. It, if it wasn't for developing these connections with the people here at Calvary, and the students at California Lutheran University, I wouldn't have been able to find more Christ-centered individuals. Then it finally happened. During my sophomore year, I happened to meet some of the, the most amazing group of friends that I'd ever met in my life. And these actually were the ones who first introduced me to, to come here to Calvary, I mean to Calvary Young Adults, the Young Adults pro program here at Calvary. What's really funny, however, is that I did not meet them here at YA, but I actually met them at a 24-hour fitness um, off a thousand, the one off a Thousand Oaks Boulevard, if you know where that is. Um, moreover, they have been by my side ever since that day, during a time when I was undergoing a period of pretty severe depression and anxiety, mainly due to an addiction that I was going through at the time. Um, for years, for years now, I'm actually just now, this, this year, you know, I'm, I'm recovering because of the help of my friends who have helped me um, get involved with the programs here, like the, um, the, men's, the men's group for the Conquer series. 
the Conquer series. Um, I've, I've been at a lot of other um, events as well and, and things where I've, you know, just met so many amazing people that have been through the same thing I've been through, you know, going through depression and anxiety. You know, my parents divorced. You know, it was, I was going through a hard time, um, very, very hard time after high school. And just, um, you know, I, I look to other things instead of God. And, you know, I feel like, you know, having those friends and, you know, the community here at Calvary especially has helped me, pointed me back to God, you know, to, to you know, just, to, you know, to ask God for help. You know, I was, I was afraid to ask God for help before because, you know, I was scared of what he would think, you know, like, you know, uh, all I used to think about myself is just, you know, I'm dirty, I'm a sinner. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel loved, um, but, you know, being here, you know, that changed, that changed everything, so. Um, regardless of the period of depression that I face, I'm extremely grateful for meeting, meeting these two friends who God used to not only help me join YA, but also see, to see past my failures, invest in resources to help me overcome my addiction, and to bring me closer to Christ, allowing him to break the mindset of lies that I was living at the time. Ever since then, God has been refining me every single day and continues to grow me into a stronger Christian individual. Not only grow me into a stronger Christian individual, but he has given me the opportunity to make more friends and to receive so much more, so much insight, so much more insight than I've ever known about Jesus, about having a relationship with Jesus. I didn't even know what a relationship with Jesus was at the time, but now I do because, because of these people here. And um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm just so grateful to be alive and and to uh, to know that it's not about me; it's about Jesus. So, yeah. Nikki. Um, I'm from Colombia. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of people. Um, I am from Colombia. I moved to the States about five and a half years ago, but um, about seven years ago around this time, um, I started to experience um, the series of symptoms. Um, I was having low potassium, which leads to um, leg weakness. Um, there were days that I couldn't get up. Um, I was extremely dehydrated. I was pretty much slowing down every day. Um, I was in and out of the hospital, in and out of what you would consider urgent care in Columbia. Um, being hospitalized three, four days, my potassium would not go up. There was, I went through like MRIs, um, whatever you can think of um, that doctors could possibly think of. And I was getting blood work every single week, blah, blah, blah. No one could figure out um, what was wrong with me for about seven months. Um, and I was in that state of sickness and missing school, missing, um, I used to dance in my church in Columbia, so I, I would miss that. Um, I missed friendships. I missed hanging out with my family, absolutely everything for about seven months until one doctor finally said, okay, I have one test that um, I could possibly think of for um, to diagnose you. And I was like, you know what, I have nothing else to lose at this point. I will say throughout this whole period, I remained faithful through the, throughout the entire time. Um, and I could see 
I could see God's faithfulness throughout the whole time. Um, and just like his peace throughout this whole process, it was about nine months like to complete. Um, and I do this test, takes about a month to come back. And it ended up being one of my hormones in my pancreas it was extremely elevated, where it's usually under 30, whatever they used to value it. And mine was a 96. So it was like three times higher than we should have. Um, they were like, okay, so you most likely have a tumor in your pancreas. So I was like, great, amazing. So they fly me to the capital of Colombia. Um, to get further testing, because um, at this point they had no idea what was, I mean, why I was getting those symptoms. Well, they had they had an idea, but anyways. Um, so I ended up doing uh, something that was similar to an MRI, um, but they only do in the capital of Colombia. Turns out I had a tumor in my pancreas, um, and they were like, okay, you need to go through surgery. So I was like, great. Um, and the risks for the surgery were so many. Um, I mean, they could have moved one wrong finger and I would have been dead. Uh, it was extremely um, rare. They've never done that surgery before. They'd never seen what had happened to me or what was going on with me. Um, so I was extremely rare at the moment. Um, and so do the surgery, everything comes out perfect. Um, thank God. It was Even the surgery itself was a miracle. Um, it lasted about eight, nine hours. Um, I did come out with only one third of my pancreas, so they removed two thirds. Um, but like I said, like where before they would have told, they told me like, there's so many risks to the surgery. You're probably going to come out diabetic. Um, anything, like there could have been so many wrong things to that surgery and like absolutely nothing happened besides me getting healed by the healer. And he healed me and he brought me, he brought me out of that state of being so sick to healing me and protecting me. And he held me in his hand for so long. And even to this day, I can still see um, his faithfulness throughout this whole point, throughout this whole period. Um, and even now I've come to the state, I mean, I came to the state a year after to get further genetic testing to see like why I got what I got, like to get more why answers. Um, and the answer to that is, I don't know. Um, I've done so many genetic testing and to whereas the world, they cannot explain it. To me, it's like I don't even want to know the answer because the only answer that I know is that God put it, God put that inside of me to be able to heal me and to be able to see his glory through me. And that's the only thing that I can say and like speak to that. And I will continue to speak on that because I mean, I've shared this testimony to my friends, to my closest friends, and um, I know that he's blessed so many lives. So I just hope that with this, um, it can bless many others. Um, a verse that um, helped me throughout this whole process was Isaiah 41, um, 10. And it just says like, I am with you. And I, I felt God being with me. Um, so I just encourage you to that, um, whether you're going through a medical, um, physical or mental issue, whatever it is, just keep trusting God because he will deliver you. He will heal you. Cause I have experienced that for myself and in my life. Um, and now I can share that to you guys. So thank you.
Hello, everybody. Yeah, let's go the other way. This is always such a fun game of like you start to walk and then you see someone stand up. It's like, ooh, no, going back. So good on you guys for doing well with this. But um, I just want to say was one of my favorite things about testimonies is that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And one of the things I love, and whenever I hear people talk about testimony, um, it's always like if you hear someone's testimony and you're like, oh, that kind of reminds me of me, like God wants you to grab hold of that. Like if God healed, the God is a God of healing. He is a God that delivers. He is the same God now that he was back then. And we believe that God answers prayers. And so I really think that um, as you hear people's testimonies of how he heals, of how he delivers, of how he sets free, he sets the captives free. And so if you need to be set free, grab hold of it. Even if they're sharing the testimony and they're not even praying it over you, grab hold of it and say, God, I believe in you. So that's one quick two cents real quick. My name is Caleb. Yeah, yeah, I was, I'm back. But um, one of the crazy things is I never actually thought I would be like sharing this with fellow young adults in a church setting. So hello. Um, but years back in my life, well, for a couple of years of my life, I struggled with porn. And it, this was something that I um, kept hidden. This is something I felt like, I believed the lie that I was alone in this, that I was actually the only one dealing with this. Um, going to church, playing in church, doing all these things, but still dealing with this secret sin. And what's crazy is there was actually a time where I feel like God started marking in my heart, like, hey, I'm going to, like that desire, I'm actually going to switch like the destination of it. Where the desire, the urge I'm going to, I'm going to focus it on me now. And there was a time where I feel like God radically was like, Hey, you're not, you're not struggling with this anymore. But how many of you guys know with those things that you've walked through, there can still be flashbacks. There can still be intrusive thoughts. And so come May of the 10, May this year, um, we were doing a 10 night tent gathering. And um, there was a night where a bunch of baptisms were happening and well, every night, but then um, Autumn got rebaptized and I felt the stirring in my heart. I remember the first time I got baptized, it was actually just like a bunch of us going to the beach, but I felt like it actually didn't, I didn't really take it as like a, oh, this is me actually surrendering every urge, every desire, every part of me. And I got, re- I got baptized first before I actually walked through any type of struggle, before I walked through any type of temptation, any, anything bad that really happened, it happened after that. And um, what's crazy is I felt this tug on my heart and it comes around to the point where it's like, we're literally about to wrap up baptism. So I feel like, I feel like there's one more. And I raised my hand. And what's crazy is I never thought in front of my parents, my family, um, my fellow church staff, my church body, all of that, being able to say, like, I struggled with this. And what's crazy is, um, I forget exactly what it is, but confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And what's crazy is, although I was not struggling with it anymore, there were still flashbacks and intrusive thoughts. And as I got, re- they had to have like four people baptize me because <laughs> it was like the horse trough and everything. So I, was, I, could, I didn't fit in there. So like, they had to like hold my legs, hold my shoulders, boom. Uh, and I truly believe that in that dip, while it may look simple, I got delivered of that. And there was freedom. And so I think I, as soon as I stepped up out of that or I got lifted up out of that, I, I have not had those intrusive thoughts anymore. I have not had those flashbacks anymore. And I believe God freed me from that. And so, yes. yes. Yeah. Hi, guys. Is this on? Yeah, it's on. Hi, hi guys. My name is Autumn. Um, hello. Um, I don't know if any of you were here last time I gave my testimony, which was exactly a year ago. Um, it was really hard for me to give it because I think that was the first time I've ever given my testimony. But I will just briefly sum it up because I know I have three minutes. I'm trying to keep it short. Um, so I'm going to start with um, when I was 18, I got kicked out 
of my house and I was still in high school. So I had to like find out where I was gonna live. I was couch surfing like on different friends' couches. And um, I went to uh, Six Flags with like my, my best friend from middle school. And she offered me a place to live at her house. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. So I went to go live with her. And three weeks later, her dad um, molested me. And it was weird because, like, he, like, completely manipulated me. And um, he made me, I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything. I didn't have any way of getting out. So he made me think, like, that was my only way of living there. And I was completely manipulated so far away from God. I wasn't going to church or anything like that. So um, it was just one of those things where I kind of, like, was like, oh, yeah, this is what I have to do to live here. Oh, my gosh, this sucks. My best friend found out. That was, like, the worst day of my life. She was on, like, suicide watch from finding out. And um, I lost my best friend. And then his separated wife that was not separated found out as well. And it was just, like, the horrible, most horrible chain of events. And um, I, I was like trying to, I tried to leave like over 30 times. I'm pretty sure I'd lost count. Um, but that situationship lasted over three and a half years, a little over three and a half years. And, um, I remember there was this one breaking point where I think like I had nothing to lose. Like I was like, literally like I tried committing suicide so many times and, um, like drugs, um, and I, I finally like had this like tunnel vision where I was like, I need to leave. I need to leave. I need to leave. And the only thing I thought about when I was like throwing all my stuff in my car that was left, cause he tried like cutting up all of my clothes and it was really, really bad, but I tried leaving. And, um, as I was leaving, I just had tunnel vision. All I remember seeing is like God saying, just look at me, look at me, look at me. And that was the first time I heard God in like over three and a half years. And I just drove so far away. And then, um, I remember staying with a friend at her house and she kept me away from going back, even though he tried to keep contact to me, even though I had him blocked on like everything. Um, but she tried her best to keep me away from him. Although she wasn't really living the best life either. She was going to bars. She was like twice my age, but she was going to bars, you know, drinking, smoking, like cocaine, all that stuff. So I was doing that as well to try to fill that void. And then, um, and then I finally realized this is not working. I don't know what to do. And so I was like, um, really just lost. And my dad, praise, praise God for my dad. He reached out to Sarah at the time, Sarinsky, Sarah Smith now. Um, and she reached out to me saying, Hey, you want to come to YA tonight? And I was like, it was really last minute. So I was kind of like pressured and I was like, okay, sure. So I came and I went to the front row. I didn't know anybody. Um, I remember meeting like a whole bunch of people that night though, but I was in the front row. I remember worshiping and Holy Spirit fell, and I, like, saw a vision of, like, a white flag. I can, I'm, like, kind of tearing up right now because it's really powerful, but it was, like, a white flag, and I remember, like, waving that white flag with my hand, and I was just like, God, I give up. I surrender to you right now. I don't, I don't have anything else to lose, and at that moment, I feel like my whole life turned around, and then the next week, I met Caleb, and we met here at YA, and, like, I've never, I never knew what a godly man looked like until I met him. I never knew what a man looked like until I met him, but he has completely changed my life around as well as God, like, hand in hand. Like, he's definitely held God's hand this whole way through. I thought that I was too broken for him. Um, I thought that I was too messed up, too, too, like, just trashed, like, you know, with everything that I've been through, and God has proved me wrong. So, um, yeah. And then ever since then, we've just been on this trajectory. It's 
been really accelerated, it feels like, which is awesome. And now we're engaged. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now we are preparing for a beautiful marriage together. So. Amen. Come on. Um, yeah. I think, I think what's like so cool is um, with this testimony, like if you, like there is hope for you. There is hope. And just when you feel like there's nothing, like I encourage you to focus on the tunnel vision with Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's only him. And before she found any type of relationship, like good relationship here, she found relationship with God. And it, it, all it takes is surrender. So I just, um, we'll just leave you with that. We'll just encourage you guys to surrender and watch what God does. Oh my goodness. I was so blessed by that, guys. Man, I wrote like three things because I will ramble if you know me. So I wrote it down. So I'm going to get my phone so we honor time. Oh. But man, God is awesome. And I was thinking about like, why do we get afraid when we're speaking or whatever? And I realized it's because I think it's about me. I think it's that boy Anthony's coming up and I got to talk like it's myself. And, you know, people are listening like it's this big deal. But man, most of my life, you know, it's funny. I, I've always, I thought that I was just nothing, like the far opposite. And the far opposite of, man, I'm just unimportant, or I'm weird, or I talk a lot, or I'm focused on this or focused on that, and it felt different. And what I realized kind of towards the end of this year is that's both pride. It's pride on both ends. Because I'm either having this really inflated view of myself, thinking all about, oh, what could this be or whatever, and trying to pump myself up because of a void, or I'm trying to really lower myself and just submit to all sorts of pain and stress and problems and things in my life. So, man, I had a radical encounter with the love of God, like my first uh, year at school. He absolutely freed me from all sorts of anxiety. He equipped me with tools through people in this ministry. Um, somebody was speaking earlier, I think in the front row, forgetting names, yeah, about that how she has the tools. It's shy, right? Yeah. She has the tools. She just needs to use them now, you know? And that's, I can so relate to that. But what I realized was I had surrendered all these things. Like I've had moments like um, Autumn's powerful white flag moment where it's like, man, I'm going to surrender everything, but I still felt super hesitant about something. And I just had something simple literally click tonight tonight, that I even get to surrender my hesitation. I, I, that was significant for me. And what I mean by that is, we think that, boy, God, I'll surrender all this stuff, but I want to hold on to all this. You can surrender your fear to let go of things. You can come to God afraid. You can come to God, Lord, I'm scared. I don't know what this means. I have to give up all these things. But here's, here's the other side of that coin that's so beautiful. A, you can come to him as you are. So I was blessed to remember that tonight. And B, there's joy in God. God is awesome. He loves us. Like the pastor, or, um, why am I? Michael. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Michael. Pastor Michael was saying, no, he was so funny. He was saying we can come in and be all somber and kind of calm about this. And I think it's because we need radical revelation of the joy of the Lord. We need to know how much joy there is in the presence of God. And I was stifling that because of my own view of myself and how awesome I had to be but couldn't be or how terrible I was and I just couldn't measure up to just surface level. God's like, no, I have joy in abundance when you surrender all to me. 
So I was really blessed by remembering that this year. I'll, I'll end um, with two brief things. That one, I heard a pastor say that God is sitting in the corner chair in your living room waiting for you to talk with him. Like if someone came over to your house, like he's in the house. So if you receive the Lord, if you receive Jesus, he's, he's living in there. You have the Holy Spirit, the word says. He's sitting there waiting just to talk with you, and he's excited. So I was blessed by that, that God's like, man, I can't wait to share this with them. It's not like, boy, you got to get right, and then I'll tell you. It's come just as you are, and I can't wait to have joy. I want to walk with you through this. So that's awesome. And the second thing is when you've surrendered all this, when you're like, okay, I'll lay this down, God. What do I do? And it's kind of like you've put everything out. That next step that I'm so excited to pursue this new year and talk about new rhythms is daily time with God and his word. God's word is essential to our lives. It shows us who he is. It fills us up with joy and expectancy. It teaches us about God's character. And I'm just so blessed that we have such a powerful resource in the Bible. And that has changed my life. So, amen. Praise God. So good, man. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Jalen. Is anyone else, like, so happy to be here right now? Like, can I just get some noise? Let's go. Whew. That's so powerful. Um, gosh, so I think, um, yeah, my name is Jalen. Like I said, I think I can go two ways with this testimony. I think I could talk about um, what God has done circumstantially and relationally in my life this year. But I don't really feel convicted to talk about that. I think I feel convicted to talk about what he's done interpersonally with me and him. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And um, I, I think it's just relationship with him is kind of something that he's been hitting on this whole year for me. And um, he's been revealing that to me in creativity. And so just some context in the room. Um, is anybody here like a fan of media? Like movies, TV shows, maybe you know, podcasts, books, anything, right? Like I, I am too. And I think something about that is, like, anybody who knows me knows that if they come up to me, I'll have a recommendation for anything. Like, if you're going through this, I'm going to recommend this book to you. If you're going through this, I got a song for you. If you're going through this, I got a podcast for you, right? All good things, right, this media. However, I think God has been really revealing to me this year. He doesn't just want me to learn about him through other people. He wants me to learn about him through seeking him myself. And um, like I said, all that is really good in developing our worldview and developing kind of our, our theology. However, I think what truly matters is seeking him first and foremost uh, as we are. And um, the verses that come to mind are um, asking you will receive, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be opened. Anyone who wants to know the Father has to know me. That's what Jesus says. If you know me, you know the Father. And so seeking Jesus and doing this thing is such a beautiful thing. And um, what I've realized is it's a struggle. It's, it's, it's really difficult sometimes. Like, has anybody found it hard to open your Bible or to um, step into prayer time with, with Jesus before? Sometimes you're just like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to read. I don't know if I'll understand it. I don't know what to do. And I think it's really struggle, but Jesus honors that, stepping into that and saying, you know, I may not understand it. I may not really know what to say, but just the struggle and knowing that he's going to walk with me through that is really all that matters. And that's why Jesus is so different from every other God out there, because he is the God that's going to walk with us through everything that we're going through. And so just some context for this. Um, uh, in, in the fall of this semester, I started teaching. 
I started teaching at a local uh, church, at a local school. I started teaching some Bible classes, and I started teaching some geography slash, like, missions slash culture slash really whatever class, crazy class. Um, and I remember two weeks before I was starting to teach these classes, I really didn't have anything prepared. I was told that I was going to do this, and I didn't have, like, any curriculum but I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, I want you to take everything you've learned in your life, and I want you to try to boil it down into lessons that you can teach to these kids. Um, like high school, middle school, elementary school, wide variety of ages. Anybody who's done in any type of like work with kids before knows that there's a huge difference in those ages. Like eighth graders will come up to you and think they're so cool. They're like, what's up, teach? How you doing? You know, and they'll like try to make you they want you to like them, right? And then um, little elementary school kids, um, they're just all over the place. Like, I have one kid who will just start barking in class. He thinks he's a dog. Like, I don't know. I'm like, Timmy, you're not a dog, man. It's just, that's not how it works, right? And so a wide variety of ages and learning, how can I teach these kids about Jesus in a way that's they can receive that challenge? But I remember every single week, the Holy Spirit was saying, I want you to teach this to them. They need to hear this this week. And just like walking through that process was such an act, such a hard process of faith, but so worth it. Um, I also um, I also started um, getting into music uh, this past few years. I don't know if anybody else is like trying to get into music recently. It's like kind of a hard thing to do. Seems pretty daunting. I remember two years ago, I knew nothing about it, but I knew that I wanted to find different ways to express my worship to Jesus. And um, now um, I like I become proficient in guitar, become proficient in piano, become proficient in like uh, per, like percussion instruments. I had no idea like two years ago anything about that, but I was just like, Jesus, I want to worship you, and so I'm just gonna learn and try to figure it out. Another thing is um, me and a few other guys here. We started a small group this year. Uh, make some noise if you're in a small group uh, at Calvary or somewhere else. Yeah. Again, like. How do you do that? How, how, how do you start something like that, right? How, how, does that, how does that work? How do you step into vulnerability, authenticity on a regular basis with a group of people? And just seeing like God just come up with ideas for that every single week, every single day was, was, was so cool. And so, um, yeah, coming back to this original word that I started with, creativity, right? Does anybody in here, could anybody in here use some creativity right now? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I, I know, I think, I think everybody's secretly inside, right? Creatively, our creator is creative, right? So we are creative too. That's what he wants from us. And so I think the secret to the creativity that I've been learning this year and that God has really revealed to me is it's, it's, it's in the struggle. It's in seeking Jesus for ourselves. Again, like listen to the like podcasts, read the books, look at the movies, figure out how this can shape your worldview with Jesus. But don't be afraid to step into that struggle and that, that really that fight with him every single day because he's going to show up and he loves us so much. He loves every single person here so much. And it's just, I'm so thankful that he's pursued me in that because um, he really steps in exactly when you need it. And I think you can hear that from every testimony here tonight that he steps in exactly when you need it and he's going to walk with you hand in hand and nobody is going to be more loyal of a friend to you than Jesus Christ. 100%. So yeah, there you go. giving us a warning. You're good. You can keep coming. Um, we've got time for a couple more. So yes, please come up. And like Ben said at the beginning, we could stick here literally until New Year's um, with stories. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep going. But giving that warning that we've got a couple left. Hi, my name is Alyssa. <laughs> 
Um, so when they said they were doing testimonies today, I sat in my seat and I was thinking like throughout the whole year, like what's one, like what are the big things that have happened to me that have just really changed like the course of my life this year? And the more I was thinking about it, the more I was realizing like it's not the big things that have happened this year, it's more the little things. And so when I started really thinking about like what's the little things that happened this year that have just changed my life? I realized, um, I was thinking back to something that happened at the, the beginning of this year when I was at work and one of my coworkers went up to me and she's like, hey, like, I know a lot of Christians, but you're one of the only, like, Christians that I know that kind of lives like it. Like, can I ask you a question about something? And I was like, yeah, like, sure, whatever, what's up? And so she asked me a question. I don't remember what the question was, but um, I, what stuck with me is that she asked me, like, she said that to me. And then, like, throughout the whole year, more recently, actually, like, this past month, I've had, like, five people come up to me this past month and been like, hey, Alyssa, like, I know a lot of Christians, but like, you're one that I know that kind of lives like it. Can I ask you a question about something? And so that just made me like think like, okay, like, why are people like asking me these questions? Like, what makes me different than all these other Christians that they know? And what made me realize is I'm living or I'm trying to live like Christ in the little things. So like, I've been like reading my Bible, doing all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, God says not to swear. God says to not judge other people, to not be angry and do all this stuff. And I'm like, well, those are little things, so they don't really matter. Like, they're not going to impact my faith with God. But you realize, like, people notice the little things. So even though you might think that it might not impact your walk with Christ, and I can do this, and I can live like this, and my faith is still strong, people notice it. So when people noticed that I wasn't swearing like everyone else at work or when I was speaking greatly of other people and not gossiping or not speaking poorly upon other people, people noticed that. And yeah, that's just my biggest thing like to leave you guys with is like serve God in the little things. Like people notice you can be a light. You don't have to have this big encounter where you like tell them like, oh, you need Jesus in your life. You need all this. Like people notice the little things. So Focus on the little things. Don't overlook them because they won't only change you, but they'll change other people around you. So that's all I have. But thank you. Hey, how we doing? Hey, my name is Sean. I'm from Jersey. And uh, I don't know even where to start this testimony. I don't even know why I got up here, but. So pretty much like my whole journey started about a year and a half ago and I got, I moved out here like a couple years ago. Right. And I, I grew up as a Christian, right. My whole life, but I really wasn't a Christian. Like what she was saying, like I'm labeled as a Christian, but I'm a lukewarm Christian. Right. And one day my buddy back in Jersey got saved and he was telling me about it. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to, I'm going to like try to pursue the Lord, see what happens. Like I got nothing to lose. So I was really at that moment of my life where I had an option. I could go pursue the Lord or I could live how I was living, going out, staying out till like 4 a.m. with my friends. And I tried to pursue the Lord. And I remember one day I was driving. I live in Camarillo now. And I was driving down the road and the, there was like mad clouds in the sky, right? It was like mad cloudy. And I, I was like, you know what? I threw on a Christian song, and I'm just driving down the road, right? And from the grace of God, the clouds just, like, parted in the sky, and the sun just started beaming. I started crying. I was got all emotional and stuff. 
And I was like, whoa, like, all right, this is real, you know? So that was about a year and a half ago. And moving forward from that, that was like, I went through like these adversities, like these trials over the next year where I was one foot in, one foot out. And I got baptized. I decided to get baptized in, uh, I think, uh, November of this year. So super stoked about that. And so I got baptized. And from there, from there, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what do I do now? Where do I go? And I was, as I was praying to him, I heard the word David. And I was like, what? I was like, David. I was like, who's that? I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, I'm like shaving for work. I'm in the mirror. I'm like, who's David? I'm like, Pierre. I'm like, the kid I work with, his name's David. So I told, I told, yeah, I know. It sounds so crazy. It sounds so crazy. But I met up with David at work the next day. I'm like, yo, David, like, are you a Christian? He's like, yeah, a little bit. He's from Haiti. Love that man. He said, yeah, a little bit. And I'm like, what? Like, I told him about what happened and I was praying. He was like, oh, dude, I really needed to hear that. Like, let's go. And I'm like, okay, bet. And we started going. We started going to church together. And now here we are. And that's one of my best friends. And he's right there. He's right there. Yes, sir. So, David, hey. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm here. And I'm super stoked. I'm all in for the Lord. Amen. Yes, sir. Who's up next? Who's up next? We got a couple people that want to go. We got Alyssa. Wait, no, not, not Alyssa. Oh. It is. Hi, guys. I'm Angelica, and um, I brought my security guard with me today. Um, all right, let's go. So I wrote it down just to keep it under three minutes. I'm sharing my testimony today because God granted me an epic and undeserving second chance in life, despite my past. Um, despite my shortcomings, God's grace prevailed, transforming what was something broken into a beautiful. And um, I'm here today because I want to tell you guys that if he can do it for someone like me, someone many might consider a lost cause, he can do it for anyone else. So for seven years, I was trapped in a very toxic relationship where I constantly um, prioritized my desires over God's plan. This path led into darkness and despair. I feel like I finally realized that I hit rock bottom when I discovered that my ex had been leading a double life, hiding his homosexuality and promiscuity throughout our entire relationship. So in my desperation for help, I called to God and he answered. He answered through a Joel, <laughs> um, an unlikely but a chosen vessel nonetheless. Initially, our relationship lacked direction as we continued prioritizing our will over God's. We faced numerous challenges, especially with his family not accepting me as his girlfriend. Despite my parents and their small group praying for my salvation for years and years and years and years, it wasn't until this past Easter that Joel and I decided to just check out Calvary. Four months later, we found ourselves getting baptized among friends who is now considered a family. Something only God knew I've been wanting for such a long time, I just didn't realize it. My small group of sisters have redirected my focus to God 
fostering a community I had never in my life have ever experienced before. And this was just the beginning of God's blessing. When he ignited a passion for nursing within me, I thought, nursing? Really, God? Like, I'm 32 and I haven't been back to school in 10 years. Are you sure you're not confusing me with another Angelica? Because I don't think that's me. Um, I'm not sure if there are any nursing students in here, so I'll explain the onboarding process. Before being placed in a hospital for hands-on patient care experiences, we have to undergo a physical examination. Um, they have to take blood work, and they have to just see how we are health-wise. Um, God's intentionality became evident when the, blood results, when the blood results revealed that I had been unknowingly living with untreated HIV for six years, resulting from my ex's infidelity. Unfortunately, on December 4th, which was just three weeks ago, I found out that my HIV has progressed to AIDS. Um, AIDS is the advanced stage of HIV, um, and it's when my body's immune system is so severely weakened because of the virus. Um, sorry, I have to, my nose is running again. Um, but even in my deepest sorrows, God showed up. Here's a very quick 101 nursing session for everyone. CD4 cells are your body's soldiers. They fight off bacteria and other harmful invaders. And a person living with HIV has a CD4 cell count of at least 200. And anything under means you have absolutely no immune system whatsoever. So a common cold could kill you if you have no immune system. Um, my doctor was left speechless when he found out that my CD4 cell count was only nine. So yes, only nine cells left to fight. Most individuals with a CD4 count of at least 200 are severely ill and they're usually bedridden or in a hospital. And they're typically given a life expectancy of one to two years. Yet here I am, not only am I walking around, but I'm killing it in nursing school and I'm an absolute miracle. <laughs> Um, sorry. Uh, thank you, I got it. So basically this entire experience solidifies my trust in him. He has turned my mess and turned it into his message and that he's not done with me yet. And even in my pain, he gives me peace that makes no sense. He gives me friends to help me carry the burden and he gave me a partner who fearlessly lifts my spirits and brings laughter to my days, especially in those days I'm feeling really broken. I want to close with a part of a song by Corey Ashbury called Reason to Praise, because that's just how I feel. I just can't help but sing it in this season of my life. And it goes like this. When I'm at my end, you're just getting started. When I hit a wall, you just walk through. When I face a mountain, you are the maker, so it's got to move. When I'm out of faith, you are still faithful. When I'm at my worst, you are still good. And all of my questions... You are the answer. It all points to you. So whatever I'm feeling, I've still got a reason to praise. And that is it. I just want to take um, a moment here and just ask to cut. Like, there are some testimonies that we share that are like, you know, I was here, God did this, and now I've won. 
And there are some testimonies where you're still in the middle and you're trusting God for victory, but you're still in the middle of your story. And the courage of you even sharing that here and now, I just need to acknowledge. And so I just want um, some people who know Angelica and Joel just to come and surround them. And I just want to pray for them right now um, because this is a really, really big moment for them. God, we um, God, we thank you for your daughter, Angelica. God, we thank you that you knit her together in her mother's womb. God, we thank you for her testimony here tonight. God, we know that you're a God who restores things that have been broken. God, you restore things that have been lost. God, that you bring back life where things are dead and where things are dying. <sighs> So, God, I lift her up to you right now. God, we pray full healing in the name of Jesus. God, through your spirit and through medicine, God, we pray for full healing in the name of Jesus. We trust for your healing in the name of Jesus. God, and we pray that next year at this time, God, that there would be a testimony of victory and a testimony of walking and a new reality, God, that she's not even experiencing today physically, God. We pray all of that in the name of Jesus. God, I pray against the enemy's lies in, in Angelica and Joel's life. God, we pray we we silence those lies in the name of Jesus. We pray the we pray the blood of Jesus over those lies and say they have no part, uh, no part in their mind, no part in their relationship. God, any narrative that says that they're less than or that they made a mistake or that they're too far gone, we just pray against those lies, God, and we say that they are not true. God, we pray your protection your protection over their faith in you and their relationship with you and, God, their relationship with one another. God, we thank you for this child of God. We thank you for her testimony. And, God, we believe for the victory that you will bring. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Um, we are... Um, yeah, and this is just, this is what church looks like. This is what community looks like, is us telling the truth about ourselves and telling each other how God has shown up for us. Um, as you can see, the hugs happening, as you can see friends coming around. Um, this is how we show up for one another um, in the toughest moments of our stories and the toughest moments of our lives. Um, I'm so sad to be even transitioning to worship because, like I said, we could be sharing until New Year's Eve. I want to encourage you, if you didn't get to share your story on a mic, would you share your story with a friend uh, after the service? Would you share your story with a friend um, on the way out of here? Um, and I don't know where Brian is. Is Brian still here? Yeah, Brian, come on. Actually, no, we're going to we're gonna do that at the end. Yeah, sorry. I'm all, I'm all messed up in my head. Um can we just put our hands together and thank God for this, the stories that were shared tonight? Thank you, Angelica. And I just want to say here that I know this community has been here for you, and we will continue to be here for you uh, as your church family. We love you. We love you, Joel. Um, 
Can we stand together? We worship God through the sharing of our testimony. We worship God through music. So God, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for these stories. Stories of your goodness running after us. Even if we've run from you, God, your, your goodness runs after us, God. We thank you for stories of your triumph. God, we thank you for stories that are still in the middle because you were the alpha and the omega. You were the beginning and the end, but you were God of the middle and you were God in the middle of our stories. You were faithful in the middle of our stories. So no matter where we find ourselves tonight in victory, if we feel like we're in defeat, if we feel like we're somewhere in the middle, would we know that you are God right there, that you are God with us, and that's why we praise you. Let's sing together. Thank you for listening to this message. I hope it was a blessing to you and want to invite you to join us on Thursday nights for service at 7 p.m. To connect with us, follow us on Instagram at calvya underscore or on our website, calvarywestlake.org.